0: Hey, everybody, you're listening to Big Things with Zach Miko, and on today's episode, I sit down with the head brewer of Big Alice Brewing Company, John Kilty. Now sit back, relax, and listen to the theme song. everyone, to Big Things with Zach Miko. As always, I am your host, Zach Miko. Yay! Yeah, we're back. Did you miss us, guys? Um, I bet you did, because we weren't even here last week. We took our first vacation ever, uh, in first in like 75 or 76. I don't know how many episodes we've done. Um, in, in the high 70s. So, <laughs> the first time we ever took a week off. And so much to the fact that it was so weird that Josh and I, Josh the producer, as you guys know, Um, both had like a panic attack last Sunday night around like 8 p.m. We were both independently like, oh my god, the episode isn't done. What are we gonna do? Oh, we gotta get it done. And then we remembered that we were on vacation and we didn't have to do it because we had taken a break, um... But yeah, now we're not taking breaks anymore. So welcome, everybody, back. We have a great episode for you guys. But first, while we were gone, I want to say a happy Pride to everybody. Um, The end of Pride Month happened and World Pride Day happened while we were off. It was an... I hope everyone had an amazing time, Um, and also, guys, this last, on July 6th, this was our our boy, Josh Evans, our beautiful producer. It was his birthday, everybody, so happy birthday to Josh. I love you so much, buddy. I couldn't do this without you, and I hope you got the edible arrangement I sent. Um, Otherwise, I have to call the store. I love you. Uh, (laughs) We have a great episode for you guys today. For those of you who don't know me personally, on a regular personal level, you don't know how much I like beer. I really do. Not in the creepy Judge Kavanaugh way, but in the way that I I enjoy it and I'm really into me and a couple friends way back when during the like craft beer boom, like the very beginning, started getting really into craft beer. I now have, um, my best friend Jason works at Two Roads Brewing in Stratford, Connecticut. I visit all the local breweries here in Queens, and I'm just really into craft beer in general. So this is the beer episode, everybody. If you like beer, or you just think it's kind of interesting, stick around because this is going to be a lot of fun. I actually sat down with the head brewer of my favorite Queens brewery, Big Alice Brewing Company. His name is John Keelty, he's the head brewer. And it was awesome. We sit, we talk about the history of beer, we talk about how he got into beer, we talk about the different kinds of beer, and the the craft beer boom, and social media, and all that stuff. And most importantly, he lets me taste some beer. So we do a little tasting at the end, it's a lot of fun. Uh, um, So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, my interview with the head brewer of Big Alice Brewing Company, John Kielty. Ladies and gentlemen, I am sitting here with the head brewer of Big Alice Brewing Company in Queens, New York, John Keelty, everybody. What's up, Zach? What's happening? Not much, buddy. How are you? Uh, not too bad. Thanks for coming. Um, we are talking a little bit off mic. I love beer a lot. Um, I always have loved beer. And it's always been a dream of mine on the show to talk to a brewer and like really get into it. And what's so funny about it is I... So, Queens has a great little local brew scene. It always not always has but in the last like seven five seven to five years it's been like really kind of blowing up and way before i met you i had already i had prematurely decided that big alice was my favorite queen's brewery (laughs) like no joke no no like blowing smoke i was like oh this is the best place they do the coolest stuff and then later on i met you and found out that you were the head brewer there (laughs) and it's so cool yeah that's
1: awesome thanks man no awesome so where um where are you from originally uh, I grew up in Pennsylvania, a little town called Milford. I was born in New Haven, but moved as a child. Uh, spent all my time so you growing knew, up in the woods. So you knew Milford, Connecticut as well? Yes, like, yes, cause I do. Yes. Like, yeah, because you were born,
0: <laughs> as you said, you were born in New Haven, which is, I think, I went to college. Well, I think I went to college there. I definitely <laughs> went to college in New Haven. Um, it must have been weird going to, because I always tell people, In other... There's something about Connecticut. All of our towns are real close together. Yes. So, like, (laughs) my wife's from Georgia. And um, in 45 minutes... It takes her 45 minutes to drive to, like, the next town over. Yeah. Because it's so rural. And I know Pennsylvania... A lot of Pennsylvania is very rural as well. It is, yeah. Whereas in Connecticut, 45 minutes, I've gone, like... Ten towns and two counties over. Oh yeah, you could be point. in
1: another state. Oh yeah. no,
0: exactly,
1: <laughs> exactly. Where is Min- uh, Milford, Pennsylvania? So Milford is right where New York, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania meet. It's kind of like about fifteen minutes from that central point. Um, people, a lot of a lot of people are familiar with Scranton. Yeah, yeah. It's about a half hour east of Scranton. Is that where the water gap is, the Delaware Water Gap? Delaware Water Gap's a little south of us, yeah. Oh, okay. I don't exactly
0: know what the Delaware Water Gap is. I just know when I was a little kid, my friends went on vacation there. Oh yeah, it's beautiful, (laughs) it's beautiful. (laughs) That's what everyone says. Isn't it like where the Delaware River like cuts through the Appalachians or something like that? I I don't know. All just beautiful, (laughs) beautiful, beautiful area. Um, How long did you live in Pennsylvania? Uh, From
1: about, I don't know, five through high school. Uh, okay. From there, I moved up to Boston after that. And oh, get out. Yeah. Did you go to school in Boston or just hang out? Uh, yeah, I went to school in a suburb of Boston, right in Newton. And, uh, Newton Mass. Newton Mass, I know
2: yeah.
0: people in Newton. All right. I think I do. My mom's family is from... They, I, I don't, everyone in Massachusetts says they're from Boston. Oh, My yeah. mom's family is from Medford, Massachusetts, okay. which is like, you know, next to Boston. Yes. <laughs> it's, yes. it's one of the Boston suburbs. Yeah. Um, cool. What's, what college did you go to? Uh, I spent a year or two at Mount Ida. And then kind of bounced around a bit from there, too. So nice. I did yeah. the exact same thing. Yeah. That's the thing. When I was like, I think I went to school in New Haven, yeah. I'm like, I did for like two <laughs> years and then I went to other places. Yeah. And I like, I'm just, you know, trying to find out, you know, what I wanted to that's do. It. Especially, <clears throat> I feel like in the last, um, you know, five years, all of a sudden. You know, we're all doing jobs that none of us ever thought we no. would do. No, no one ever offered any. Like, I was never offered to be a male model and by my high school guidance counselor. And I'm sure your high
1: school guidance counselor never said uh, you could be a brewer. No, no. <laughs> no. Actually, I, the, uh, what's the name of the test that you do in high school where you fill out all the things and they tell you oh, what you should the be?
0: Occupation something. Oh, what is that called? I, I remember. It. Yeah, but it, it says like
1: what it basically yeah. just gives you an occupation you yes. can be. Yeah. So I got, I got farmer when I was in high school and I remember being in high school and being like, no way I'm ever going to be a farmer. So I went to college. I I was uh, sports management. I was going to work for the Red Sox. I had it all planned out. (laughs) And now uh, I'm a brewer doing nothing with anything I learned in college aside from like mathematics and stuff like that. But like the idea of being a farmer, is so noble to me now. Like, I, I would love to be a farmer now. I know. And it's <laughs> uh, yeah. It's funny, as a kid,
0: you're just like, oh, that's lame. Now you're yeah. just like, no, what a great life. <laughs> like, so, like, what a great career. <laughs> Especially you being a brewer who, without farmers, you could not do literally
1: anything. Very doing. correct. Yeah, I'm actually, I, I spend my weeks working one-on-one with farmers around the state, which is pretty rewarding. That's yeah. amazing. That's so cool. I can't remember, what, it, what do they call that
0: test? It's like the something occupation. I remember mine said, um, that I could be a, uh, um, a park ranger or okay. a clown. Wow. Very I different. Was just like, you guys literally, you recommend <laughs> clowning to people. <laughs> All right, cool. Oh, uh, so I guess I, I guess I did a little bit of both. Now that's kind of what I am. Uh, <laughs> um so when did you so you're you're in college so how did brewing even start for you if that's
1: obviously you always liked beer yeah yeah (laughs) yeah I, i loved beer we were when i lived in boston you had sam adams and harpoon and that was really it at the time Um, Can I tell you
0: that Harpoon's uh, IPA is my absolute favorite beer of all time. Part of it is nostalgic, but also it's just so crisp and perfect. And it was before IPAs started getting crazy. Yes. And I like the crazy IPAs for like, I like having one of them.
1: But like Harpoon IPA, I can drink all day, nonstop. Great beer. That that for me was one of the beers that I fell in love with when I was up there. Um, And then, yeah, that kind of uh challenging my palate and experimenting with different styles and then like boston was cool because you had some bars that would like import like these belgian beers that like you weren't getting at like your sports bars and stuff so experimenting drinking like saisons and stuff for the first time and totally changed the way i thought about beer and that just kind of pushed me to to homebrew as a hobby yeah uh, I got my first homebrew kit. I think it's like a Christmas gift from my uncle. Was it one of those? I always see them. I got so, that from my friend
0: once. The Mister Beer? No, it wasn't okay. called Mister Beer. It was, that, that's awesome. <laughs> no, I can't remember what it was called. But I got one for uh, my buddy the Brooklyn Brew Shop. Yeah, the Brooklyn yeah, Brew Shop. Those ones great. are pretty good. Those I got him one cool. that was like an Evil Twin collaboration. That's awesome. It was like, yeah. he was, and he's he's a you know huge beer geek too. Nice. He runs. He's one of the. Uh, The tour guides up at Two Roads Brewery. And like he's so he's just a huge you know, he just loved he just loved beer. So he like walked up to the brewery one day. He's like, Do you guys need help doing anything? And he's just like they're like, You can give tours. (laughs) And he's like, Cool, yeah, I'll do that. That's how like
1: 90% of us get
0: into this industry. I think that's exactly it's just passion. And that's I think that's what's been so exciting about like the craft beer boom, is it's just a lot of people that really have always loved this. And now can do it because there was there's i know that sam adams specifically used to advertise themselves as like the original craft brewery and like well i don't know if that's true they were definitely like when we were growing up there i always thought i hated beer and as a little kid i thought i hated beer but it's because all i had was like budweiser and like whatever and like and you know, my dad's when he was feeling fancy, he'd get a Stella or something nice. like that, and all <laughs> stuff that I like I hated as a kid. Yeah, and then even in college, I didn't like drinking beer, and and you know, when you did drink beer, you drink like keystone light because you're only just trying to get drunk and hydrated i guess at the same time (laughs) and then yeah it was around the time because craft wasn't that big yet but i went it was similar i went to a bar that started that had imports that weren't heineken they had like belgian they had like duvel and like delirium and stuff that i had never heard of and didn't know beer could taste that way yeah and like it's it, it's so nuts. What do you remember what your first your your Mr. Beer, what kind of beer you
1: made at home for the first time? I have no idea. I, I can't remember what the style was. I remember I uh I messed it up so bad that like it it all started to like I was boiling it too long and like the the malt extract at the time was so syrupy. I didn't have enough water in there and I gummed up the pot so bad I had to throw everything away. Oh my god. But the next day I was Excited to like go out, buy the same thing, try it again, <laughs> and get back at it again. Yeah, the first time was a, a total fail. Yeah, no, it's fun though. <laughs> I mean, it's it, you gotta, you gotta fail. Yeah. I mean, beer. I don't
0: know if I'm even a little bit right about this, but from what I understand, like the origins of beer was theorized because no one really knows because people because civilization has been drinking ales for as long as we. As long as we have recorded history, they've been drinking ales. And people believe that what happened was one day some people are picking grain in the field. It started to rain. They left the grain in the bucket and they left. And they came back like three days later and noticed it was bubbling. And it was like the theory is that the wild yeasts in the air started fermenting. And then they were, you know, because they were brave, they're like, let's sip this thing. Let's see this bubble. And everyone's (laughs) like, this is pretty good. And then that's how beer has you know from then
1: on has now grown into the craziest thing yeah i mean it, it's been it was vital for survival at one point i mean you go back to like in europe and stuff like that and then you're in areas where the water may not be safe for consumption but mm-hmm. you're relying on beer and it's a it's a it provides nutrients and i mean you're relying on that as your daily diet it was their only drinking water matter of fact like yes. so many farmhands
0: they weren't paid in money. They were paid in, in ale. They were paid in beer or in some places cider. And they were just like, and, and it was just like, yeah, you work all day and we'll let you home take home two gallons of cider or two (laughs) gallons of ale. And then they just gave it out, you know, children, everyone. They're like, it was the only safe. Now, mind you, it was way lower alcohol than it is now. Yeah. They weren't like Imperial stouts or anything like that. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. But, um, and then was it really was it like the Belgians who start we're going through a history of beer everybody that's what we're doing was it like the Belgians that started really um kind of like the beer as we know it like making
1: different styles so I mean to the to the history of beer I'm, I'm I there's probably a lot of people who can speak better than, than I can I know totally. that like Belgium and uh, Germany and the Czech Republic and stuff have such a rich history of brewing. Yeah. Um, and doing it on larger scales and stuff like that. Um, I would, if I had to guess, I'd say that the brewing as we know it now probably really jump started in, in one of those couple areas over yeah. there, yeah.
0: Because that's where they started. I mean, that's where, you know, the Belgian monks started the whole Trappist Ale yep. situation. Germany... I mean, you look at all, even if you just go to like, um, if you go to any German, any place that has German beers and you see your like Hofbrau or Weinsteffen or something like that, it'll say like right on it, like established 1432 yeah. <laughs> and you're like, wow, yeah. that's an old brewery. <laughs> but it is, is when they started making them. Yeah. Um, I remember working, uh, I, for, for like two minutes I worked in a German restaurant and we had a lot of German beers on tap and i we had we had someone come in and again this was still at the beginning of like the craft brewing scene so people didn't really get into like what the different types of beer and brewery yet but since this was a german restaurant they did and they were explaining to us like the german purity laws like yeah. in germany there can only be five it can only be malt yeast water i'm missing something hops yes is
1: that it? Yeah, that's that, the, yeah. those
0: are the three things. Those, are, those four things are the only things and water. Yeah, yeah so that's the fifth one. Yeah, that's the, uh, the Reinheitskabat. That's what it's called. Is the name of it, yeah. Oh, my God. And I was just amazed that all the different flavors they could get mm. from just the five different ingredients. Now, so let's, let's run through, for anyone who doesn't know, for anyone who hasn't taken a brewery tour like we have, what is the process of, let's start, like, how beer is made point yeah, so, a to
1: point b so we start with um with malted grain. um what we'll do is we'll to very simplify this we'll we'll take this malt this barley this grain, wheat whatever and what are the different types of like barley is like the the main one everyone uses yeah but you can use wheat you can use spelt, I mean, you can spelt use, yeah. oats oats are very popular right now um yeah this is quite a bit and then what we'll do is we'll take that and we'll essentially soak it um if you think like oatmeal mm-hmm. for about anywhere from thirty to sixty minutes, sometimes longer, in water that's about hundred and fifty degrees and just kinda let it sit there. So not so much boiling just as like just getting warm. That's it. And yeah. Soupy. That's yeah. it, yeah. And what we're doing there is we're trying to extract all those sugars from the grain. Okay. Um and then we're gonna take that sugary water now that we've made, um, which we call it wort. Okay. W O R T. And uh we'll pull that into our kettle which is where we do our boil and and in doing so we leave all the grain behind um so now we're left with this uh very concentrated sugary water basically Mm -hmm. um and that's what we're going to brew or that's what we're going to boil for anywhere from 60 to 120 minutes or so um that's where breweries will throw in hops and anything other crazy stuff at the time if they want to um all of our stuff like orange peel coriander yeah. stuff like that a lot we, of people add i know in america it's very popular to add yeah. other ingredients Again, oh yeah in
0: germany they're like no yeah. you can't do any of Not, that none of that <laughs> yeah yeah but in, in america like
1: is yeah especially yeah. citrus is a big thing people yeah. have been using a lot lately yeah a lot of orange peel and stuff like that um and then we'll take that wort now and uh, after we're done boiling it we're gonna cool it down to about somewhere between 60 to 80 degrees Mm -hmm. and we're gonna transfer that into a tank or if you're doing it at home like a carboy or something like that or a bucket even um and that's when we'll pitch our yeast and the yeast then from there i mean we we joke around that brewers create wort and yeast makes beer so we get it that far we pitch the yeast and then the the yeast are just gonna eat all those sugars, because yeast is like, it's not a
0: bacteria, but it's like a living some, it's like a microorganism. That exactly, just is yeah. everywhere. It, it's
1: everywhere. It, it's yeah, all on, it's on every surface in this room right now. It's there all there was us.
0: one. Um, I know, and it and it, it, it's insane <laughs> to think that they're like, yeah, you're covered in yeast right yeah. now. You just have there was one brewery in Oregon that. Uh, my buddy was telling me about that they made a uh beer from the yeast from the brewmaster's beard yeah and i'm like that's revolting <laughs> <laughs> but it's no different than any it's other no yeast. different yeah and so, then, and you don't taste the beard in it no exactly <laughs>
1: exactly but it's still kind of like a wee, like a gross uh, thought you're like oh i don't like that at yeah. all. <laughs> and um, uh yeah so then the, the yeast is just going to eat those sugars um it's gonna in doing so it creates alcohol mm-hmm. the byproduct of that that is co2 so it just kind of blows co2 off um and then after about anywhere from two to six weeks uh, we're left with now our, our finished beer with alcohol that will then um carbonate or, or put into barrels or or anything else that's like the that. thing i was gonna ask so carbonation it does
0: carbonate itself to an extent because the it's giving off co2 but do you add
1: excess like co2 to a beer so while it's fermenting um, we have, uh, the tank has, is like, has a blow off. Okay. So it's not under pressure during fermentation. Yeah. Um, from there though, what we'll do is we'll put it into another tank where we'll force carbonate it using CO2. Okay. Or there's other beers, um, that will, um, let them condition. Um, and like, if you're a home brewer, you're probably conditioning your beers and all you're doing is adding, uh, additional sugars at the end. Or uh, yeast at times, and uh, just letting them naturally carbonate inside the bottle. Gotcha. Okay, I've heard the term bottle conditioning, and I wasn't sure what it meant. That, so that's it right there. Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome, and it's just—I mean, it's—it's uh, it, it, what, what, it, it's so crazy to me. There's so many things, whether it's beer or technology or anything that we have in our society, that we just know that's how it's done. Yeah. But then you think, like, someone figured this out one day. <laughs> someone went... Like you even just said, like, it sounds simple, but that's a lot of processes. Oh, to gather it, to make it hot, but not too hot so the sugars break down and then separate it out and then boil it and then add other stuff. Um, oh, question. When you were saying when you're um, in the thing where you're hopping it and adding your other... Th- to- what happens if you don't add hops to a beer? I always wondered that.
1: It's fine. I mean, there's um, I mean, so a, a beer with no hops is uh, traditionally called a, a groot. Okay. G R U I T. Yeah, yeah, I've heard that before. Um, that's how beers were for a long time before um, hops became more mainstream in, in the brewing process. Um, and back then they would use uh, herbs and spices like bog myrtle, yeah, and other stuff like that to kind of add flavoring and stuff like that. Uh, and now i mean we use i mean everything is pretty not heavily hopped but everything's hopped uh it's it's very very common now yeah, yeah. it's like i'm, I'm never you know, i remember watching
0: um you ever seen the show brew dogs yeah yeah i remember watching an episode of that and they were doing they tried to make a hot chocolate beer because they would the whole point of the show is that these there's two brewers and what they do is they'd go to they would travel to other locations and then make like a small batch of beer specific to that one location. And they were up in, I think, Vermont or something. So they wanted to make a hot chocolate beer and they used pine needles yeah. instead of um, hops. And I was, and you know, I'd never heard of a beer with no hops, period. Yeah. So I didn't know
1: that there could be a thing without hops. I thought that was like the ingredient you needed. Yeah. We just did um, a, a collaboration with um, Gunhill Brewing in the Bronx not long ago. Mm hmm. And uh, we did a style of a Gruet, um or a Groot. Um, we kind of centered it as a, as a hopless IPA. So what we were trying okay. to do was give it all those citrus and piney and all these other flavors that you get from hops. Have all those come across, but without using hops. And when doing so, we used a lot of um, sage and chamomile and lavender. Okay. Um, a bunch of different herbs and spices. And then also the addition of some fruit, like... Apricot, blood orange, grapefruit, um, and try to still have it um, relay or be perceived as that yeah. with no hops at all.
0: That's so cool. Yeah. That's the thing because also I'm especially like when you talk hops now. For again, for listeners who have no idea what we're talking about, who either don't like beer or have only had like Bud Light their whole life, hops is what's the best way
1: to describe it? It's like this piney, small little flower bud thing. Yeah, it's it's essentially. A flower that's a it's like a cone shaped flower, yeah, it looks that, like a little pine cone, yeah, almost. and it it grows on pine or, or a tiny artichoke like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like and then um they're very delicate they're they're relatively small and, and when you kind of peel them open, um it reveals itself to this beautiful yellow sticky resiny substance inside yeah. that's just incredibly aromatic, and I mean hops can range from anything from um like piney to grapefruit to tropical fruit to spice and yeah yeah
0: the flavor of the beer changes so much depending on what type like i'm still kind of learning like what kind of hops tastes like what but like you know in me getting into my own thing of just being like a beer fan now i'll see something that's it's like oh they're using mosaic or el yeah. dorado or something like that i'm like ooh, i'm gonna try i know i like that i know i pretty much like anything using mosaic hops, so yeah. i'm just gonna have that <laughs> that'll be great oh man so um how did you personally i mean we talked about like you started home brewing and whatnot but as you said you're the head brewer at big alice yes. brewing company how
1: did you get involved with them so I started to kind of try to find my way into the industry when we lived up in Boston. I, I emailed everyone up there at the time, which was only a handful of breweries back then. It was uh, like Sam Adams, Harpoon. Harpoon. Um, I don't even know. I those think the two Mystic I was just getting started. Okay. It was a couple. And uh, just kind of trying to find a way in. And then we moved down to New York City and I emailed pretty much everyone in the city at that time, which is not nearly as many as now. No, I feel like, again, in the last... I've lived in, I've lived in New York
0: for not ten years. Oh, hey, oh, nice. I've been here for ten years. <laughs> Just realized that I've been here for ten years. And when I first moved here, there was Brooklyn Brewery yep. and Six Point, okay, and Coney Island. But Coney Island, even then, was sort of like a kitschy. Yeah, they didn't. Really, they weren't. They weren't distributed the way they were now. It was like a hey, we have this weird thing. Like much bigger now. Yeah. But like, I don't think I knew of anyone in Queens or the Bronx or. Person, I, I—I mean, I remember that what I thought was a brewer. There, you know, remember those chain restaurant like the Heartland Brewing Company yeah. restaurants? That was the only thing I knew. Yeah, and I was just like, and again, sorry for anyone who likes Heartland, but I thought they were all gross. Like even <laughs> as, like, even as like a twenty-something-year-old coming here, I was like, these are terrible. These are <laughs> all really bad. Um, ooh, ooh. it stopped making noise. Um, so.
1: So, like, is that who you were, like, emailing, was, like, Brooklyn yeah, so Brewery and whatnot? There's was a handful. I, I think maybe Bronx was starting to open around that time. Yeah. There was a couple and stuff like that. And um, uh, one of the breweries that got back to me was uh, Big Alice, who was open for... I want to say at that time it was only like six months or something like that. it was very very early on yeah um and I basically everyone that I emailed I was like listen like I'll come in I'll, I'll do whatever I'll help with packaging I'll help clean stuff whatever it was I just wanted to try and find some kind of way in yeah um so I ended up uh helping the guys at Big Alice when they were first opening for the first uh th- like I said I came on about six months in I hung around for about 10 months just helping out um, and then, uh, through a chain of events, they were deciding to expand bigger than they were at the time. um one of the partners was moving on for something else mm-hmm. uh, and it opened up a full- time position for me to uh terrifyingly quit my job and yeah, no, <laughs> uh, taking the, this as taking a the plunge yeah. I feel like everyone who like
0: follows their dream finger quotes there's always that moment where you're like, all right, do I jump now? do yeah. I do it? and you kind of. You have to, when you see the opening, there's yeah. always, you know, in, in these, in this life, you're like, this may never happen again. Yeah. So let me just do it and get into there.
1: I was fortunate. That I had a very good support system at home that kind of pushed me to, to just go for it, uh, blindly. Uh, and it worked out. Okay. Yeah,
0: no, it worked out. Well, you're the head brewer now, so it yeah. worked out very, very well. <laughs> <laughs> um, what kind of, do you remember, like, what was the, so when did you get into like brewer status from just like kind of helper?
1: so yeah so i took over uh so let's see i've I've been there probably about five and a half years now and Mm -hmm. i took over as head brewer about three years ago or something like that awesome yeah just kind of doing all cellar work before then which is cellar work is is all the transferring of the beers and the kegging the beers and the cleaning the tanks and everything like that it's it's Pretty much everything except for the actual brewing the beer. Yeah. It's all and the, it's the grunt work. Exactly. It. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's the, it's, I feel like every
0: industry has that, that, that that like entry-level grunt work thing of just like yeah you're gonna do all this stuff we don't want to do oh yeah and if you hang around long enough we'll let you do the cool stuff yep yeah
1: Yeah. and then one day uh when you're doing the cool stuff we'll find someone else to do the grunt work exactly and now you you, i'm sure you have a nice little grunt running around now (laughs) (laughs)
0: um when did the tasting room open at big alice
1: so the tasting room as it is now um so we just The one celebrated. in Queens, because yeah. I know you have another one in, yeah. Bro- in Brooklyn now as well. Correct. So, yeah, the Long Island City location, um, we just celebrated six years last month. Okay, so I
0: probably have been going there for like five years awesome. now. Awesome. Now that I think about it. Before I met you, before I know you were yeah. working there and brewing my beer, I was like, <laughs> I was going there just as a fan yeah. in general. Awesome. Because we <laughs> used to live right over. Funny story. Um, so one of my... Uh, me and four no there's four of us total me and three roommates all used to live over on 11th street in long island city literally a block away from that giant power plant at, yeah um in queens the giant coal plant there i then found I didn't think anything of it i then found out after taking a friend to Big Alice, or being like, "Oh, you know," because my friend Daniel, he'd never been to any of these breweries, and I was like, "Here, I'll take you to my favorites." I was like, "We have a, we've done this exact trek." a thousand times we started LIC beer project and then we go down and then we hit big Alice and then we go down and we hit like Rockaway and fifth hammer over there. Sometimes we'll hit on to transmitter, but usually around Rockaway and fifth hammer, we'll then grab a cab and go up to single cut. Yeah. And like just, <laughs> and because there's a single cuts, not within walking distance of the rest of the rest of them. You could just like have a happy little jaunt. And then, yeah. uh, but, um, and, but anyway, he works, uh, he, uh, works for the power plant and he was and i told him the name was big alice he's like what and he is i was like what do you what's wrong he goes that's does any of them work over at the power plant i said i don't think so i think they're brewers and he goes that's the name of our biggest generator they call it big alice and then i was like oh is that like so that's what you guys are named after is this giant
1: generator in new york city correct yeah so our our, one of our owners um is also the president of a like one of the tri-state areas like largest HVAC companies and, and they're like right in the shadow of that I think they're actually on 10th street right oh yeah it. yeah, yeah that's right there. so well, it's all just like factories over exactly
0: there. and my in the one little apartment we lived in
1: we were between
0: a uh, like a, a truck repair shop and like a lumber yard and there was one little house that we <laughs> lived in it was very it was a very weird apartment <laughs> but um yeah So big Alice was our you know we would always go over there because I don't remember when lic beer project opened but they were newer than you guys so yes so like we but we started going to big alice because we found it by accident at one point we were just walking and we're like what is this oh cool awesome let's stop here and i remember the first thing i think i ever had at big alice was your sweet potato farmhouse ale yeah i think that was the first thing i ever tried and i remember being so confused because i was like i didn't know you could add sweet potato like it's not a thing you get you guys do a lot of like funky stuff that i would not think to do yeah. which was which is fun do you think there's a lot more freedom in brewing now now that people's pan uh, are expanding that people want to try cooler and cooler stuff
1: i think so yeah I, I think there's definitely like a, I mean i the ipa is king the I ipa know. is everyone wants the ipa at the moment though yes. at the moment because i
0: feel like that wasn't always the case like, yeah for a long, for a, I feel like before the IPA, maybe I'm just crazy, but I thought Hefeweizens were like a big, <laughs> like wheat beers were a huge thing for a little while because everyone wanted Blue Moon, yeah, everyone wanted um, Allagash White, everyone wanted Ho Garden and stuff like that,
1: and then IPA completely took over. Absolutely, pretty yeah. quickly. <laughs> yeah, it is hands down the the most st- popular style, and they've been saying for years now, like, oh, the IPA is not going to be that popular soon, and sours are going to be more popular and sours came and sours are great everyone loves sours but th- it's not on the same level as i know it's not going anywhere near no
0: because i remember being told the same thing like as we said like i have a friend who works at two roads and two roads brewing company uh, two roads brewery i don't know two roads brewing company you told me there's a
1: difference between the two it, it's I, <laughs> and I don't know what it, it there's is breweries that choose brewery at the end and there's breweries that choose brewing company and then you've got like our our buddies over at KCBC in Brooklyn that are Brewers Collective and yeah uh, yeah, I'm not sure what the decision is for which one you choose though
0: yeah well either way two roads uh whatever you want to call them brewery brewing company they were like they opened up a facility specifically for sours and barrel aged and stuff and i remember at the time like all my friends at that brewery just being like that's the next big wave is sours and like as i said like yeah sours made a a they made a splash and they're not going anywhere people definitely like sours but nothing compares to the ipa it seems And I don't know why, I, I don't know. I love it's, them. I say as I say that, my favorite beers are IPAs. So, great. It's like, yeah. so it's like so it's like I can't deny it. I don't know. It's just like some something about um, just like the bitterness of the hops. It it feels. I remember. I think it's because everyone who has an IPA for the first time hates it. And I don't <laughs> know anyone who's like had an IPA and been like, "Hmm, this is great." Everyone yeah. for the first time because it's so much bitter, oh, more absolutely. bitter. Everyone's like, "Oh, what's this?" And then you keep drinking it, and you just I don't know. Is it because like all everyone who likes IPAs feel like they conquered a small thing by liking <laughs> this weird drink that 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 is
1: naturally bitter? It is definitely the style that kind of propelled craft beer as we know it. Yeah. Is that style right there, yeah. And it used to be called um
0: correct me if I'm wrong. This is the all of my beer knowledge is is assembled from attending like 30 to 40 different brewery tours. (laughs) (laughs) But not been taught really any of these. But I go to the tour of every brewery I see. So all my beer knowledge is that. But IPA was originally happened because back, way back when they were shipping beers to India. When when the UK was shipping their beers over to India. Because at the time India was a colony. They found out that it would go off. It would get skunked. It would be gross every time. It's just too long of a ship voyage to get there so what they started doing was loading it full of more hops because hops is a natural preservative and it would make it there so ipa is india pale ale that's 100 percent correct hell yeah (laughs) i will thank all of the (laughs) all of the tour guides (laughs) who helped me but because of that and then what happens is people just in general instead of shipping it all the way to india people in england started being like no we kind of like this this is kind of nice Has a nice (laughs) little bite to it we're like we're 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 fans of it yeah so um now they rate ipas by ibus yeah is that a real thing because so, i've, had, yeah, I've so. heard a mixed review from <laughs> brewers being like international bitterness units whether they're
1: real or not they are scientifically real okay and, 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 and so it does yeah. exist okay. so it does exist yeah so the international bittering units is a is a form of measurement um to to the actual bittering units of a beer um when adding hops into a beer, general rule of thumb is the earlier you add them into the boil, the more bitterness you're going to get from them. The later you add, uh, the less bitterness. Um, now, when we have all these like New England-style IPAs that are mm-hmm. very um, juicy and soft and not very bitter, um, is a result of adding all these hops later and later, either at the very end or only in dry hopping, stuff Where's like that. Where's the super... Yeah, so dr- what, what is dry hopping exa- exactly? Because people... I forget... Yeah, so dry hopping is just uh, um, going back to kind of the, the process before. So we're left with this finished beer inside mm-hmm. of a tank that's not carbonated but is done fermenting. Uh, dry hopping is just taking X amount more hops and just throwing it right on top and just letting the hop sit for uh, um, general four to seven days, something like that okay and then and then what off, yeah and then what makes it the haziness
0: is that it's unfiltered they don't filter correct the drink because what happens is, like the more cloudy it is the less filtered the yeah. beer is because a lot of the beers again my favorite beer ever is harpoon's ipa and it's crystal clear when you pour it into a glass cause yeah it's like completely filtered but it's still super bitter and super great and super crisp and i love it and so like,
1: <laughs> funny story with harpoon ipa um uh a, a colleague buddy of mine now was the head brewer for harpoon around the time i was living up there and stuff like that uh i ended up meeting him later on and he said that as like this this i mean like we we like to jokingly refer to it as like a haze craze now where yeah it's oh, big all jump. the juicy stuff yeah. yeah so he said that as brewers started using more and more hops in their ipas at different breweries um People would come back to Harpoon IPA and they'd have it and they'd, uh, they'd, they'd write the brewery or email them and ask if the recipe changed. And they're like, oh, did you guys change the recipe? It's not as hoppy as it used to be. And it's not that the recipe changed. The, the recipe has been brewed the same way the whole time. Since it's like, like 86 or whenever yeah, they launched, yeah. It's that people's palates were changing. Totally. As they were drinking more hoppy beers.
0: Yeah, because it's not that hoppy. Even to me now, it's not that hoppy, yeah. but it's... But it's is so I don't know again a, I'm not gonna this is this is not a thing about me really liking Harpoon <laughs> but but also Harpoon I guess because my mom's family is from Boston awesome. it was like pride in yeah. the fact that there was this oh I had, there was a lot of pride in that there was, I was drinking a local beer that wasn't Sam Adams not yeah. that Sam Adams does some cool stuff they 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 do but not very much <laughs> not that shit not on San Adams they've done great stuff yeah. like they helped propel the craft movement forward but they're a huge company that is just you know needs to appeal to a thousand different taste buds rather than like you know, smaller breweries like Big House, you guys can brew a sweet potato saison exactly. or a jalapeno rye or like all these cool stuff that you get to just sort of like, be like,
1: this is a cool, a really cool thing yeah. and we're gonna see if, if people like it. We're, we're very fortunate that in, in being a smaller brewery, it allows us to be more experimental. Like we can yeah. brew stuff that we wanna do because we're excited about it. We think it's cool yeah. and take that risk and hope other people feel the same. Um, I mean, when you're the size of Sam Adams and and even Two Roads, Two Roads I mean, is getting really big. Yeah, yeah the the amount of um, testing and experimenting that goes in before you officially brew a batch like that is is, is a long process. I know. Well,
0: they're also their their test batches are so much bigger than like Big oh, yeah. Alice's oh, yeah. or like yeah, you because you guys because what's the uh, what the the kettles you guys use? How big
1: are those? So we're we're a five barrel system. Okay. Um, Barrels mean two different things in brewing. You can have actual barrels, like wooden barrel vessels, um, but barrel is also a unit of measurement. Um, one barrel is 31 gallons. So Jeez, we're essentially yeah. brewing 155 gallons of beer at a time. Okay. Yeah which is a lot it's still a lot (laughs) that's the thing it's like it it, maybe it's maybe to like you
0: know Budweiser that's That's like nothing but for like if you think of how long it would take just you and me to get through 155 gallons I would die I'd be dead by the end of it so Budweiser probably dumps more beer than we brew oh Budweiser makes me sad I think it's (laughs) so I remember them trying to um They did an advertisement at one point saying, I'm giving up my Budweiser sponsorship right now. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I think they remember they did an advertisement where someone finally, I don't remember who it was, but someone in the brewing community, because of social media, finally called them out for like using rice as their main grain. It's like, no, you guys cut everything with rice. You're not even, you're not even brewing beer. You're brewing weird stuff and you're filling it with like corn syrup and whatnot and someone called them out for it so then they came out with like this advertisement campaign with like with rice added for crispness and they're yeah. just like no you got caught yeah. cutting your grain and now we're now you're just going to pretend it's not the thing cuz what i mean is there any legitimate
1: style of beer that uses rice or is it just a cut the the only thing we have done like our brewery with rice is is specific like rice lager where we're yeah. trying to feature the rice um, but adjuncts like rice are, are traditionally used um, and like dextrose and corn syrup are traditionally used to, to gain the sugars that you would normally gain from barley um, at a much lower cost. Yeah. yeah. And when you're
0: a company as large as Budweiser every penny counts because every penny equals millions of dollars oh, yeah. because they're such at a massive scale as people don't realize companies that size, the tiniest thing changed. I remember seeing an article at one point, not about beer. It was about an, I think it was about like American airlines or something. And this is before they completely took food. This was back when, Uh, you got a meal when you flew. (laughs) Now it's like sometimes you'll get a snack box, but like this is back when everyone got a meal, and they were talking about how they had saved 1.8 million dollars by removing two croutons and one cherry tomato from every salad they served. That's crazy. (laughs) You're just like, what? How much salad are you serving? Yeah, that's all (laughs) they did. They took, they removed two croutons and a cherry tomato, 1.8 million dollars. It was, uh, ugh. Oh, uh, it makes you sad. Knowing companies <laughs> that are knowing that there are companies that big, you're kinda like, ew. Uh, I don't know. It makes me feel yeah. a little a little gross. I always like <laughs> I always like the little guy and stuff. Um No, yeah. So I mean as I said before, so Big Alice, you guys are one of many breweries yeah. in Queens. The other big ones are L I C Beer Project, Rockaway, Transmitter fifth hammer uh single cuts the i guess the biggest one they probably pump out the most volume out of anyone in our neighborhood um them and finback oh finback i forgot about probably the two biggest in queens right now because finback's in ridgewood so it's like or is it i don't know that it's like southern glendale (laughs) but it's kind of (laughs) queens is funny because we're divided up by the way, the subway line runs. So, like, even though like Ridgewood and Glendale are still Queens, you have to take like the Brooklyn subways to get to them. Yeah. So, you don't like think about it. If I drove to Finback, it takes me like 20 minutes, 15, yeah. 20 minutes. But if I took the train, I don't know, hour 40, hour <laughs> yeah, and a gotta, half, because I got to go into and Manhattan it, yeah. and in. Yeah, I forgot. Finback's pretty big too. They are, yeah. They're good. That's the thing. I'm very proud of like, there's so many, you know, there's there's well over 100 breweries in New York City, period, at this point, of different sizes. Like, and I'm just very proud of, like, being a Queens boy, that all the Queens breweries are legitimately good. Because yeah. I've been to other ones. I'm not going to name names, but I've been to other ones um, in B- Brooklyn, specifically, because they have...
1: They probably have the most breweries, like... I think they do. It, I know... Concentrated breweries right now, neighborhood wise, Long Island City has the most with six. Yeah, but they're saying that in about a year from now, that Gowanus is going to have about ten. Really, just in Gowanus? Yeah, jeez, yeah, it's crazy how many breweries are yeah. popped up.
0: And i'm so, what do you think started this whole craft beer boom? We were kind of talking off mic that it kind of happens simultaneously with social media, uh, which is annoying to you and me. <laughs> But it, it's just kind of like the fact of the matter. It's like more people saw more stuff yeah. and they got more interested.
1: Social media has definitely propelled craft beer. Yeah. Um, uh, Garrett Oliver, the brewer for Brooklyn Brewery, has notoriously said the New England IPAs are, are fueled by Instagram culture. Oh, my God. Um, and, and it's just thousands and millions of photos of... of uh, Glasses and what we're drinking. It's a pretty, yeah. (laughs) New England IPA is a pretty beer to take a picture of. Absolutely. That's the
0: thing. I remember the first time I had a New England IPA, it was at Harpoon. I was doing a brewery tour at Harpoon and it was like a, it was literally like an experimental batch. Like, hey guys, we have a couple of things. Like, we made an experimental batch of this. People liked it. We kept, you know, so we made another batch if you guys want to try it. And I remember at the time thinking it was the best beer I ever had in my life. Oh, yeah. And now it's like, And then the next thing, shortly after that, um, I remember two roads came out with their two juicy and I was like, this is amazing. And now it just seems like everyone. And then, you know, (laughs) you know that it's become a fad when you do see Sam Adams release one, you're like, all right, (laughs) okay. It reached them. It's definitely a thing. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it started with, with, with like heady topper, heady topper. Topper That was the big one. Yeah, Yeah. 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 Oh, Vermont, that's yeah. another killer micro brew. Absolutely. Scene. Vermont is crazy.'re we're, 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 I've been trying to plan a trip up there for a long time yeah. just because they have like just whole trails you can do like in your car where you stop at like 30 breweries in a day if you wanted to. That's become what like that's another thing about um, craft beer and like brew culture is now there's so many everywhere. Anywhere you travel, I'm always looking up like all right what breweries are nearby yeah. what can we try And it's so cool to see and since a lot of them are smaller like like a big Alice level, they're so neighborhood oriented Absolutely. that you can also try stuff You were telling me about a beer you have uh, that you, just a friends who made
1: figs in his garden and yeah you had, <laughs> you, yeah. you guys brewed a beer with that yeah we just uh it was our anniversary beer for this year for the brewery um but we were so uh i live in astoria queens mm-hmm. um astoria has a rich history of uh immigrants bringing over their fig trees and their grapevines and stuff like that and planting them in their backyards when they first moved here so we have a little backyard
0: with a giant mulberry tree awesome <laughs> because it's the same thing and <laughs> yeah. like at first i was like oh what are these and then Laura and I popped one in our mouth one day we're like they're delicious yeah. whatever they are I hope they're not
1: poisonous then we found out it was mulberries and we're like wow that's great that this that's is awesome. just here yeah so our, our friend had fig trees in, or a fig tree in his backyard and um, going back to kind of full circle yeast is all around us uh, yeah. what we did is we picked a couple of the figs off these trees and just kind of brought them back to the brewery um, and dropped them in some unfermented uh wort mm-hmm. um, and just kind of seeing if we can get anything to start growing and get it to start fermenting solely from what was on the fig just in this backyard in astoria just from whatever natural yeasts were on the fig correct whatever was was in the air and i mean we're 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 right along the east river here where like you have this like draft and stuff of air just constantly moving yeah um and uh yeah we were able to kind of to grow up a strain from that that we currently have banked at a yeast lab in chicago that we can <laughs> use East whenever we like. That's yeah. so crazy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I remember um,
0: at uh, Two Roads' is new area, too. I cannot remember what this is called, but I, it's an old, like, Dutch or German or Belgian thing where it's essentially um, there's a giant, it's a house. It looks like a house, um, but the inside is just a giant pan and the ceiling is like concaved in to come to a point and yep. all it is is just to gather the natural and it's right next to a wetland and all they're doing is trying to get in the yeast from that wetland to like collect and drip down yeah. and like it's just crazy yeah but, so it's it's uh, it's known as a cool ship cool ship is is that's name, what yeah. it is that's so cool i mean shit. yeah <laughs> didn't mean to make that joke <laughs> But, um, no, it's just, I think, because we thought, you know, in, in our younger days as children, beer was such a, like, utilitarian thing. And they all kind of tasted the same. And you either liked your high life, or you liked your bud, or you liked your Coors, or you liked something. But, like, for the most part, the beer was just beer. Yes. And it just tasted like beer. Yeah. And then, now, it's like, is just the system of brewing has gotten so sophisticated not just with because of like social media but just because of the science of people understand how these things break down better Absolutely. than ever before and they know that they can take yeast off a person's beard and make a beer <laughs> or something like that yeah
1: yeah now you're starting to see a movement here whereas like we in the states we've become known as beer experimental so yeah. like around the world people know like that the u.s is brewing all these crazy experimental beers but you now you see a lot of breweries starting to move back to the traditional way. I mean, you've got breweries in Belgium that have been using cool ships for spontaneous yeah. fermentation for centuries. And now there's a lot of U.S. breweries that are trying to go back to those roots and mimic that and, and do those same regional brews that are very specific to a time and place, yeah. but here where we are. Um, yeah, it's 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 a cool time right now. I mean, we're, we're at the most breweries ever in the the history of this country. I mean, three years ago we had like just passed the most since Prohibition. And now I think I don't even I know we're north of like seven thousand right oh, now. Oh yeah.
0: No, it's absolutely crazy. Yeah. Is there still a big rivalry? Um like I know East Coast and West Coast style beers are a big thing, especially like when I IPAs were coming up, there was like there's an East Coast IPA and a West Coast IPA. Yeah. <laughs> and like I never knew the difference between any of them other than Sierra Nevada was West Coast and I liked it, but so Harpoon was East Coast and I liked it. I didn't know the difference between either of them. Yeah. Is there any, like, discernible difference, or is it just, like, the breweries starting their own stuff?
1: So the the only one that comes to mind is just the IPA being a West Coast and an East Coast or a West Coast and a New England, Mm -hmm. and uh, it just comes down to to bitterness, basically. The West Coast, you're going to have that bitter piney kind of taste to it whereas the on the east coast most of the brewers here trying to make um like your your hazies that are super juicy more citrusy yeah yeah
0: i noticed that because like um sierra nevada although i don't know if sierra nevada even considers themselves an ipa they're a pale ale but they're very like they label themselves on their bottle as a pale ale but it's super bitter so i'm just like this tastes ipa to me but it's super piney and like absolutely and like almost like like saccharine and like syrupy but it's
1: good at the same time that sierra nevada pale ale is is one of like the uh the og craft beers yeah and that's that's what also
0: is cool about beers i feel like people are very respectful of like of history of the ogs because while a bunch of like craft beers come and go and people do small batches and they try these things things like sierra nevada things like harpoon Mm -hmm are just always going to be here. They're like, you know, they started it back in the eighties and they're still here and everyone respects the, I went to, um, Oh no guy in San Diego. Um, I'm I'm not gonna remember his name, but this guy in San Diego was considered like the father of West Coast IPAs. Okay, and um, he had a tasting room, and I went there, and it was the same thing. Everything was very piney and very like it was really cool, but it was it was it's just cool. I I think with beer, I think it's similar to wine, because everyone wine is the uh, the the snobby version of beer, but but I feel like it's the same thing where when real wine experts tell you. The reason they like certain wines is because it's so local. Yes. It happens just there. It's not really repeatable. One year is so different than the other based on the weather, based on everything else. And I feel like it's similar with beer. Whereas even though, um, as you said, like Harpoon's recipe has stayed the same for a long time. There's changes in the water, in the grain that they're using, in the yeasts, the way it multiplies and does whatever it wants to do. And everything's like, so it's such like,
1: I feel like local breweries are such like a depiction of what the area is like. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we we pride ourselves specifically on being so agriculturally focused. Um, we're, we're a New York State farm brewery. So. Yeah. Currently, at least 20% on every beer we make um, is made up of at least 20% malt and hops that are grown here in New York, and we do quite a handful of beers that are 100% New York State. Um, for us, is great, and it's awesome. It, there's beers that you can really taste that terroir that are very different than a beer if we use German malt. Um, but in there also lies the challenges of uh, maybe there's this hop that's grown on this farm in New York that we absolutely love. And then we try and get the next year and he didn't have the grade of a crop. And now we have to look for something else. Yeah. Um, But it's also, it's also what's what's beautiful about doing something like that as well.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, Well, you know, we had talked earlier and we're going to now... Try some Big Alice Brewery, uh, stuff, brewing company. Sorry, we're gonna try some Big Alice beers because even though I've had a lot of them before, you got a bunch of stuff I haven't had too. <laughs> so I'm really excited to try, and you're gonna help walk me through some flavor notes and whatnot because I'm still not that good at picking up on certain things. And I can't wait to try. We're gonna pause for two seconds just so we can pour them. All right, we'll be right back. Okay. First beer. What are we trying here, John?
1: Yeah, so this is our uh, NYS Pills, our, our New York State Pills. Uh, this is probably the one that myself and our other brewer drink the most of. Um, it's a Pilsner brewed mm. with 100% New York State ingredients. So all the malt and the hops on this beer are all grown here in New York. Um, also, Pilsner's a style that it's... it's light it's delicate it's something is pilsner that... pilsner a, a lager it's a lager okay so the two types of beers are
0: this is amazing by the way thank you i've had it before but i'm still like <laughs> it now um i was telling you earlier i don't like that many pilsners but this one is like it, i think it's just that i don't like bad pilsners <laughs> i think i think that's the thing when you know when i first started getting into beer i would associate pilsner's with like a budweiser type and because of,
1: i hated that i thought i just hated pilsners i mean that's that's what we've known pilsners and lagers to be for the longest time now it's, it's these mass-produced macro lagers yeah and that's what we knew and now um so for us to take this style and give it a regionality mm-hmm. um a, a, a terroir you can call it um, it's what just, is a terroir you've said that a couple times that i have no idea what that yeah is. so terroir is it, it's used commonly in wine okay um, and going back to like um it's it's the taste of a place if that yeah. makes sense so no, it's totally absolutely um, so like the malt that we use in here the pilsner wheat malt we use um it's grown at in batavia new york okay um, it has a, a raw malty grainy flavor to it um that is very very prevalent in this um a lot of uh malt from the midwest is, is a little cleaner some german pilsner malt is you're gonna have cleaner but you definitely uh this beer showcases and kind of uh celebrates yeah the malt
0: now technically again stop me if i'm wrong the, again all my knowledge is from taking tours yeah um all beer is either an ale or a lager. Those are the if two you, If you really come down to it, yep. like they get way far off from it, obviously. But and the difference is, um, the yeast in a lager sinks to the bottom and ferments from the bottom, whereas the yeast in an ale sits on top and ferments on top. And because of that, ales are typically higher in alcohol, but not always. But they're you know typically higher in alcohol and that's
1: uh all i remember from my tour yeah yeah and, and <laughs> ales are typically fermented at warmer temperatures and lagers mm. are traditionally fermented at lower temperatures yeah um and then you uh like lagers will undergo a lagering period which all you're doing is you're just holding the beer at uh, a at colder temperatures and that's gonna let the yeast drop out of suspension it's gonna kind of clean it up that's why lagers tend to have a little more clarity. Um, yeah, and
0: that's the thing. This one tastes super clean. I think clean is the right... I think that's yeah. what like people associate with Pilsners. It's clean very and crisp. crisp and yeah. clean, and it's very... It's really, really good. Thank you. But you can smell like... <laughs> i sound stupid being like this smells like beer but it does this yeah. is there's i think it's because we associated the pilsner style with just what beer was for yeah. like our whole childhoods yeah now when
1: i smell this i'm
0: like oh this is beer this is what <laughs> beer smells like
1: yeah this is this is a, a, a brewer's beer to its core this is something that absolutely i mean for us <sighs> at the brewery and, and most brewers i mean you get done working at the end of the day you're not going to grab a, an imperial stout or anything like that. It's just yeah. something light, crisp, clean that you don't really have to think much of that's just yeah. executed well. I went through a long period of never having any
0: sort of Pilsner or lager. I wanted all the crazy stuff. I wanted all the IPAs yeah. and all the imperial stouts and all the Saison's and farmhouse ales and, and barley wines and all that. And then I realized since I started drinking more lagers and Pilsner's, my hangovers are way better. Like I was just getting Real hungover all the time because it's that much oh that much higher in alcohol, but also that much higher in sugar and sediment and everything else. Yeah,
1: yeah. There's there's something very beautiful about the simplicity of it as well.
0: Yeah, no, and it is exactly what you're saying. It's like what you want at the end of like just a hot day or just a day of work when you want to sit back and relax. That's it. I have people, and I'm sure you. I mean, I know you do. You have people gift you beer all the time, and you're like, yeah, this is great. Thank you so much, but like. It's, it is, you know, we'll, we'll, me and Laura will like crack open a bottle and we'll like, let's split this. This is a good taste. This is great. Do you want another? No, thank you. Yeah. Like just because <laughs> I can't, I can't keep drinking. I'll have it another day, but I can't like yeah. just keep drinking it all the time. Yeah. This is awesome though. And how long have you guys been doing the New York state Pilsner?
1: Uh, we started this one about, uh, probably right around two years ago. Um, mm-hmm. this is surprisingly probably the beer I obsess the most over at the brewery Yeah. Um, just because there, there is nothing to hide behind um, so through the process of, of where we are now there's been a lot of minor adjustments to temperatures and stuff to switch the hops up once or twice I love that you say there's nothing for you to hide behind because it's yeah. true because yeah. in other
0: beers when you're adding so many other ingredients so many everything you can kind of mask mistakes yeah. kind of with different sugar contents and different stuff you can kind of get away with it whereas yeah. this is I mean that's the reason I didn't like Pilsners for so long is I had bad Pilsners and then I had, I had the New York State Pilsner from you guys. I had the Workers' Comp Pilsner from Two Roads. But honestly, I even had like just some. I had Radeberger for the yep. first time and I'm like, this is great. This great is a Pilsner. great Pilsner. Yeah. I mean they've that's another one of those German companies who's been around since the 1500s. So that's why they're so good at it. Pilsner it's, Raquel. This yeah. is probably my favorite Pilsner. Which one? Pilsner Raquel. Oh yeah, yeah. the Czech Pilsner. Absolutely. Yeah. No, it's amazing. It's so so good. <laughs> Uh, well, this was excellent. I can't. So what are we trying next? So next we'll move on to our uh, our honey wit. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. I mean, we'll be back in two seconds. Uh, we just mentioned that I don't have to keep telling you guys we're going away because it's a podcast and I pause it, so it's fine. So we are drinking, as you said, the honey wit right
1: now. Yeah. Uh, so a wit is uh, has wheat in the malt. Correct. Am I yeah. making that up? No, no, it's it's primarily made from wheat. Um, Ooh. The style is a Belgian wit beer. Um, the, in the U S probably the beer that made that famous here is Allagash white. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's primarily made up of wheat. Um, we use a uh, coriander, orange mm-hmm. peel and uh, local honey mm-hmm. in ours, um, honey from here in New York state. Um, and yeah, it, it's like a very nice, easy to drink. That's really, really good. So again, what I
0: learned throughout like my, my craft beer journey is that I thought, again i thought i didn't like wheat beers turns out i don't like bad wheat beers it's the same (laughs) thing like i'm like now that i've had i remember allagash was the first time i had a wheat beer where i was like this is really good oh yeah like because beforehand i just had like blue moon and other stuff and again not shitting on you if that's what you like i didn't like it at all because but that was another like famous like wheat style that was a mass produced like macro wheat style beer was blue moon and just wasn't my thing i remember for a little while when i was in college budweiser came out with bud wheat oh where they had like their own <laughs> their own like they were trying to take on blue moon and then they just gave up because they're like this is and it was like an orange label it was not yeah. very good oh i don't even remember that wow it, it came and it went and yeah. i was like <laughs> but at the time i was like just trying to branch out from like keystone light so yeah. i was looking for anything <laughs> that was different this is really good. So the I can, you can smell the honey. Yep. What is it in wheat beers where I can smell? It tastes like it smells
1: like bananas. Yeah. So that's a, a product of the yeast. So yeah, mm. Belgian wheat beers are are so dependent on flavors that you get from the yeast. Like like I said, we also use coriander and orange peel in here. Yeah. But like that banana and the clove and those big Belgiany notes come from the yeast strain. Yeah. No, oh. absolutely. And
0: no, and it, and it's and it's this is what when we were. <clears throat> Back to, again. We're, <laughs> that's the thing about the drinking beer during a podcast is I we do burp off mic, <laughs> um, but just be happy it's off mic. Um, no, we're talking about the German uh, purity laws. Like that, it the yeast and the breakdown of the way it makes these flavors that taste like citrus and banana and all this crazy stuff is like mind blowing that yeah. this is because I would swear that you were adding that stuff like to it and and. What you guys did decide to add like the coriander and the honey like complements it so Well and this what is what is the the alcohol in something like this?
1: Uh, It's right around the mid-five range. Uh, I Believe we're somewhere around five five on this. Okay is is a wit considered a um,
0: An ale or a lager that's an ale That's an ale. Yeah. Okay. I never, what are, are, besides Pilsners, what are other like some famous lager types? Because I feel like every time I talk about something. Yeah. Because like IPAs and and Wits and Stouts, they're all
1: types of ales when it comes down to it. The only like mass market ones that that you'll see in the stores is is mostly Pilsners. It'll either be labeled Pilsner lager or you're starting to see like Baltic Porter as a style. Yeah, I have seen that. Yeah. And it's basically just a cold fermented porter. Oh, okay. Um, Cream ales um, can occasionally, that kind of at the brewer's choice, they will either cold ferment it or ferment it warmer with an ale or a lager yeast. What makes it a cream ale? So, a cream ale is like a true American style, uh, originated here. Um, It's just very, it's the ale equivalent of like a lager it's like the closest thing to a lager than ale can be like genesee that's yeah. the big cream a i remember cream ale. See, i
0: remember seeing genesee cream ale i i did a play once well, when i was living with my old roommates and um at the end of the run of the show the <clears throat> the theater had all this extra beer and they're like we're not gonna have it we don't have another show for another month you guys can take it and it was all Genesee Cream Ale, and I remember taking uh, three cases of it home on the subway by myself, <laughs> and I loved it. But my,
1: my my roommates had never even heard of it. They're like, "Where'd yeah. you get this?" And you're like, "Don't worry about it. It's great. I it's love it. It's a great it. beer." <laughs> yeah, there, there's no cream. There's there's nothing added that's gonna kind of make it creamy. Yeah, it's just the style. I'm amazed with
0: this with the honey wit that having honey in it. It is not sweet at all. It yeah. is very... It's still that, like, crisp, light, citrusy type of taste.
1: Yeah, so where we add the honey and how we use it, it's going to give it kind of a floral nose. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to dry it out a little bit. Yeah, which is surprising. It's, yeah. like, it's much drier than I thought it yeah.
0: would be. Because, like, especially when you put the word honey in a beer, that's, like, when I start thinking of, like, meads and, like, old, yeah. like, honey. And so I thought it would taste much, much sweeter. And it's really really nice and and light which is the opposite of a lot of the (laughs) the the wit style beers that i've had in the past exactly again again it's it's i think it's the same kind of thing like when you're a little kid and you're like oh i don't like mushrooms and you're like i don't eat mushrooms and i'm like no you just haven't had good mushrooms your mom made some weird stuff out of a can and you decided you didn't like it but if you have like A beautiful oyster Or or chicken of the woods mushroom Roasted perfectly by this guy You're gonna love it It's gonna be great And that's what kind of the same thing with beers All these things that I thought I didn't like I'm now in the more breweries I go to Finding out, no I like this I just didn't like that one I had Yeah, exactly it's really, really good. This is excellent. Thank you, man.
1: So what do we have coming up next? Uh, next, we're going to move on to our, uh, that rainbow feel, which is a uh, collaboration we did with our buddies up at uh, Bandit Brewing in Biddeford, Maine. Nice. Um, it's a strawberry honey cream ale.
0: Ooh. Oh, get, that's perfect. Now we get to talk about these cream ales that you were <laughs> talking about. That's exciting. Maine is another great little spot for... Um, for breweries i was just up in portland two weeks three weeks ago just two weeks ago and i stopped off at shipyard and was just like i love this place and because i don't know where exactly is allagash they're not in portland they're they're considered portland it's it's like like the outskirt of portland they're like up there since i didn't have a car I could only go to Shipyard because Shipyard was right, like, along the water (laughs) down (laughs) there. Still, just absolutely. I don't like many. Again, I thought I didn't like fruited beers. Yeah. But then I had a couple, and their their blueberry ale. Also, because Maine blueberries are, like, the best blueberries you can get. They go so perfectly in the beer. It's awesome. So, cool. So, strawberry cream ale, and it's called That Rainbow Feel. That Rainbow Feel. Awesome and now we're drinking that rainbow feel <laughs> look at that seamless that was a seamless cut right there
1: everybody so explain so this is a cream ale Yes, yeah, so this is a cream ale which like i said is a, a classic uh true american style um uh, mm. light easy to drink it's a it's an ale that we fermented a, a little bit lower temperatures as a normal ale um it's gonna make it a little mm. more clean and crisp uh, and then we use a uh, so we brewed this with 100% New York State malt, 100% percent maine grown hops, which is where our buddies Bandit are from. Awesome. And then added uh, New York State honey and uh, strawberry as well. Mm. At what point do you add the strawberry into it? So we added the uh,
0: strawberry and the honey both during fermentation. Okay. Because I always say, like, I taste the strawberry in this the way I taste it in, like... You ever had one of those Hint water things? No. (laughs) Oh, I know. Okay, that's a bad example. But unlike flavored seltzers and stuff like that, it's like, it's definitely, it's almost more of like the aftertaste of the berry rather than like the berry itself. It's like that feeling in your mouth after you have a strawberry. And it's like... It's such a cool little thing because it's not sweet at all. No, it's and subtle that's, for and sure. And that's, that's the thing that always scares me off of a lot of fruit beers is I don't want to drink something super sweet. Yeah. So the fact is that this is like, as I said, like the aftertaste of, yeah. of it is a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, you get some in the nose. It's definitely subtle for sure. And then it has a nice little lingering softness mm-hmm. and sweetness of the, of the strawberry and, and the honey too afterwards. Definitely. So what goes into... Um, like cuz this is a collab
0: uh collaboration with Bandit Brewing yeah and like so what what how do you how do you collaborate on a
1: beer it, so collaborations usually start with i mean so for us and like the dudes at Bandit um we met them at a festival up in Boston they were kind of the next booth over from us mm-hmm. uh just hanging out and chatting it up and kind of getting a good vibe from them and vice versa and kind of enjoying each other's beers throughout the weekend and stuff like that and I mean, that strikes up into, like, a a friendship, and then it's kind of like, hey, you want to come to our place and make some beer together and vice versa? And, I mean, that's how most collaborations start. That's awesome. One thing that
0: I've noticed in the brewing community versus every other industry, like, imaginable is the almost lack of competitive feelings. Like, there's something about breweries that are... I've never met a brewery that didn't support other breweries they were not like it was never like a oh, there are competition, but because the whole idea of brewing is that you're making stuff that's so different from everybody else, they're so like, no, that's not the competition. Yeah. you're gonna hopefully like both of us and that's and and I know again, my friend who works at two roads, I found out the whole culture of like beer swapping between people who work at breweries of like we could not go to because we go to visit breweries all the time jason and i and he will not go without having like a couple four packs uh like he'll, he'll be like okay we're gonna go try stuff i'm gonna put like six four packs of two road stuff in the back of my car yeah so i can like bring it to
1: swap as we go yeah you never show up empty-handed it's a uh it's good. There's definitely a sense of camaraderie in this industry that doesn't yeah. really exist anywhere else. And I mean, we're one of six breweries just in our, our neighborhood. And yeah. uh, we all get along well. We all support each other. Um, we're all close enough that, I mean, like loaning your neighbor sugar. Like if we're short one bag of grain, I know I can call any six of them and ask, hey, do you guys have one bag of this? And we'll hit you next week. But we'll reorder another one or whatever like that. And um, it it's cool. It's it's yes, there's some competition just because obviously um you're running a business and whatever but at the same time i mean um, i mean you'd rather them be in your tap room than their tap room yeah we're being serious (laughs) but at the same time i mean 95 percent of the people that come into our tap room um, are either coming from one of the other ones or heading there next and, uh, it, That's, I mean, it's, I, it's, it's I awesome. told you, I I'd
0: literally do like the LIC walk with my friends yeah. constantly. As you said, it's not that we're picking one over the other. It's like, no, 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 we're going to this one. And then we're going to that one. Yeah. We hit all of them. Yeah. We go through, you know, it's, it's also a sense of localness in micro in like, do you call it micro brewing and you call it craft brewing?
1: Like what are the, I don't know which term is which. So we, I, I, I just refer to it as craft. Um, micro, macro, pico, all those words are just kind of... I've never heard pico, yeah. but that's fun. <laughs> so it's all just basically uh, dependent
0: on the size of your brewery. It all means you make less than a certain amount of barrels. Correct. Then, like, say, a regional brewery makes X amount of barrels, and then a macro brewery, like like Budweiser or Coors, makes Correct. X amount of
1: barrels. Craft beer is just independently owned and... Um, small and local, not small in the sense of making less than a certain amount of barrels per year. But
0: making less than Budweiser. Yes, <laughs> yes. making less so, than Budweiser. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> oh man, they're not, ma- but that's what's cool. There is this sense of like local pride in one's local brewery and that's how I got uh, introduced to Big Alice. That's how I got introduced to like a lot of the Queens breweries is now I'm originally from, I know I've we there's a thousand breweries and I feel like I've mentioned like five over and over <laughs> again. And those are because those are the ones that have always stuck out to me because beer is nowadays is a local experience. And because I remember from a young age um, at at family gatherings, I remember my uncle's bringing harpoon to a party. And I remember and I, from a, from a very young age, I remember that. H inside a diamond logo so when I got old yeah. enough to drink I like sought it out um i the fact that my hometown of Stratford Connecticut you know six years ago seven years ago opened up Two Roads Brewing I was huge like I can tell you that my hometown rallied around that brewery more It was such a thing to be proud of yeah is that we had this brewery in our hometown and i feel like it's the same with all of the long island city and 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 single cut up in astoria of like there's this there's this really great thing of like we feel pride in yeah. seeing i get so excited if i see a beer from two roads or queen's anywhere else like if I'm like out and about on the road and if I spot one of like what feels like my brewery's beers it's a
1: huge sense of pride yeah, with the amount of breweries now, there's this return to the like the neighborhood tap room. Yeah, and, and absolutely. And this, and now you have this tap room culture where where people may not be going to a bar, but now they're coming to individual tap rooms and and there's social settings and you're meeting people and you're learning about stuff. Yeah, and going back to what you said, there's there's a pride of that's that's my neighborhood. this yeah. is my local. And, oh uh, yeah, it's great.
0: I love it. I love it so, so, so much. And now, as I said, it's what I like seek out. Even not even just New York City and whatnot. Like I still get excited about it if I see a New York State brewery yep. somewhere. Anytime I see, I remember uh, now gang Brewery in Cooperstown, New York, has always been a, a bigger my uh, craft brewery. They've always done very well, but they. Uh, started doing collaborations with Game of Thrones during that, and they blew oh, up yeah. because they made all the Game of Thrones beers, yeah. <laughs> and it was so <laughs> cool. Because like I'm like I've been I've been to the Oma gang Brewery. It's a lot of fun, but it's still like a local brewery that now has like this big national presence. Yeah, because of a TV show. It's such a it's that's why I like beer. That's why I like <laughs> breweries. That's why I like craft beer. Yeah, uh, you get like a a sense of where the, where the brewery's from, but also, like, there's this little history lesson with everyone that you don't get with drinking, like, a Budweiser, or Coors Light, or something like that, and Absolutely. it's, it's nice.
1: And, and everyone doing, like, Ohmogong is so, um, they're brewing traditional Belgian styles and stuff like that, so, and, and even in our neighborhood with our six breweries, we're all doing things differently. Yeah. It's, it's different at all of them, and, and, I mean it's different enough that people are going to go, they're going to try different things. They're going to come to their own conclusions and stuff like that. But I mean, I'm a firm believer in the sense that if you're putting out good beer that you're happy with and you're proud of, and the quality is there that you're not really worried about what the guy down the street's doing. Yeah. And and, absolutely. Yeah. And we can kind of live in an atmosphere that there isn't that hard sense of a competition and, and we can kind of focus on the camaraderie of it. I love it. I love it so
0: much. Speaking of competition, that's a good segue, is our <laughs> final
1: beer we're having.
0: You guys won a competition with pretty recently.
1: Yeah, so we're we're fortunate that the last three years we've uh, medaled every year for New York State. Um, so over the past two years, this year we finally brought home our first gold. Um, but we, we have a beer that we're known for as our jalapeno rye, which is a rye beer that we brew with, with jalapenos. This year we brewed a 100% New York State version of it. All awesome. the malt and hops and the jalapenos were sourced from a farm in New York as well. And then we then aged it in rye whiskey barrels from Long Island Spirits. Oh, awesome, awesome. And now we're gonna drink that.
0: All right. Right away, I smell so much jalapeno. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't even put it in my mouth yet. But, it, but like notes-wise, <laughs> that's the first thing you get is like this big whiff but it's not like spicy it's just like that
1: fresh whiff of like i don't know of jalapeno yeah there's so no other way to describe it we, we take this has become a beer that like we've kind of become known for um because it's just so different from a lot of, a lot of other people have experienced and stuff whoa with pepper beers. that is so good <laughs> thank you man that is so
0: not Hot, yes, (laughs) not spicy, which is
1: the main thing. We purposely process these peppers. Um, I process is a bad word. Prepare the peppers Mm -hmm. in a way that we're able to get Mm. those big bursts of fresh pepper flavor without the heat. I don't know how that's amazing because I've had jalapeno
0: beers before because, you know, other people have used jalapenos and habaneros and ghost peppers. Like that was a like, you know, a, a couple of have done it, but they've always been a hotter, like an yeah. actual spice to them. Yes. This sounds like no spice to no it, spice. but it has all of the like the 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 fragrant notes of jalapeno.
1: Yeah. So what we're doing is we're. We're pulling all the flavors from the meat of the pepper mm. without, like, the seeds, without the heat, anything like that. So you're still met with what you think is going to be the heat, and then it's not there. And then for for this version, uh, it, it undergoes a, a short period of aging in rye whiskey barrels where... We, Which I can taste,
0: like, now that I've had a couple sips, you start to taste, like, the rye and the whiskey. Because it does... It almost tastes like a higher apv because of all of that yeah like but i mean is it what is the apv on this i believe alcohol it's, by volume
1: <laughs> everybody uh it's somewhere around eight. Oh, yeah. okay so it is a higher one yeah um but what we do is is because of the rye whiskey now we're pulling some we're, we're giving the beer a little extra time to mellow out mm-hmm. in the barrel but we're also pulling some vanilla notes and some oak yeah they're gonna mellow it out give it a touch of sweetness that's just gonna kind of just round it out a bit and that has to do with the
0: color because this is a much darker color than the other beers we it is have. yeah so that's from the barrel aging so the or? color um we use some um some chocolate rye malt yes yeah. so, which is like a, a darker roast because like before you use before you put the malt in the beer it's roasted to a different degree depending on what kind of beer you want to Correct, have. Correct, yeah. I'm pretty <laughs> impressive for a guy that's just taking a bunch of tours. You gotta <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I think it's just because I enjoy it. Like, you know, anytime you find anything that you like, you're like, yeah. no, I wanna learn more about this. I wanna know why. Cause it's also cool to know why I like that. The fact that you're yeah. able to take the spiciness out of it, because I've had jalapeno pilsners and I've had jalapeno sours, and it's always spicy. And yeah. the fact is that I mean the first thing i said was like wow this smells just like i've 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 cut open a jalapeno that's the only thing it smelled like yeah and uh, and then it's that i'm there's like no spice there's no
1: spice at all this is awesome which for us like that's what's so special about this beer is the fact that we're able to keep that um without having all that spice but like We've entered it into, like, other competitions and stuff mm-hmm. like that on a national level. And every time we get, like, our score sheets back, it's all about, like, oh, it wasn't spicy enough. It wasn't this. It wasn't that. And we're sitting it wasn't back. wasn't spicy like, enough. You're yeah. like, no, this is. And we're like, we that's what want makes it, it special. Yeah. yeah, we didn't
0: want it to be spicy. Yeah. Do you have people who are afraid to try it because it we says do. jalapeno, Yeah. Or? It's definitely intimidating. Um, people. Like my mother in law will not eat anything spicy at all. Okay. So like even even this, she would be like, Oh you know, jalapeno, are you crazy? Yeah. But like I would never be able to convince her. Even because I wanna know I'd be able to pour her a glass, I'd be like, This isn't spicy at all, this isn't spicy at all. And then she would smell it, smell straight jalapeno and be like, I'm not putting that in my mouth. <laughs> no, there's no way. <laughs>
1: yeah. And that's why I mean rounding it out, like with all of our beers in the tap room, mm-hmm. we have so many beers that are experimental. Like our staff has to try a little harder to educate people and stuff like that. Totally, to tell people like, hey, you should try this beer that has
0: potatoes in it. Well, that's the thing. The first time I ever went to Two Roads, I was a, am- I was like sweet potato. I yeah. don't know if I want to try that. And whoever <laughs> was working the tap room, like the bartender at the time, was like, no, you need to try it. Trust me. And you know, I, I remember. So here is my first. I don't think I told, This is my first Big Alice That's experience. Awesome. It was one of our friends' birthdays. This was the first time. It's now become a tradition. Uh, for friends' birthdays to do the LIC beer walk. But before this was the first time we tried doing it. And we first time in Big Alice, this had to be at least five years ago, if if not six, but it, I mean, I guess you I don't think it was six because I didn't I, I, you guys seemed open for more than a couple months. Yeah. so like, <laughs> so probably five years ago. And I remember going to um, we wanted to try. Everything, because that's what we do. So we want. So I got. I wanted to get a. And your guys' flights at the time, I think, came with six beers instead of um four, yeah. which is normally. So we're already like halfway there, <laughs> and I think at the time you had like fourteen beers on tap. So I was like, I'm gonna get this six, and you get this six, and like a bunch of friends are trying it, and immediately whoever was pulling the taps, she's like you guys might as well take the other two Yeah, <laughs> we did and we tried all 14 beers at the time like at the exact same time and i remember there was um i mean the 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 sweet potato farmhouse ale is what really stuck out to me but you had like a shit at the time you had um you know two different types of ipas you had the new york pilsner you had um god the Queensbridge ipa which was a big one and then i remember you had like four different flavors of sour at the time and i was like and at the time then it was like right before sours started taking off so i remember i was the only one of my friends who liked sours at the time so everyone else was like these are for you so i had a great time and i was like this is great slancha we're having a good time but um no it's it's there, there has to be a lot of education just being like, no, yeah. trust me, you're going to like this. Yeah. I promise. Yeah. It's
1: not what it sounds like. And then like, we understand like not everyone's going to come in and like every single beer we have on tap, but in kind of keeping to an experimental feel and stuff like that yeah. and offering such a wide range of beers, we know people are going to come in and they're going to find a one or a couple that they, they really enjoy. Yeah. Um, but we 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 are well aware that coming in, like we're challenging people's palates. We're telling them to get out of your comfort zone a little bit. Try this. Try that. Yeah. No, and, definitely. And that's what's fun about
0: the whole craft movement, as we said, is it's not trying the normal stuff. You yeah. want to the weirder the sounding the beer, the more likely I am to order it. Especially, <laughs> did beers did, did 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 tap rooms always do flights, or was that like did that kind of come along with like the craft boom, like doing the flights for those. If listeners don't drink beer, um, you've been listening for a long time <laughs> to, to get to this point and not have drank beer. Um, but a flight is instead of pouring like a pint of beer, you're getting like little. Usually it's like four ounce pours yeah. like going through. That's essentially what we're having today. We're yeah. having a flight of beers. <laughs> um,
1: yeah. Did, it, did, did Is that like a truly just craft thing? I would imagine that it at least started with craft. Yeah. I, I mean, in craft kind of putting the emphasis and the focus on um, being experimental and brewing a wider range and stuff like that for and bringing it back to smaller tap rooms rather than like mass distribution that a lot of macro breweries will do. Um, Having such a large offering, yeah, I would imagine that probably originated in smaller craft beer tap rooms. Because no one's asking for a flight of like, let me try Bud, Bud Light,
0: (laughs) Bud that select. I don't know, like the weird <laughs> things. From, oh, what was the one? My best friend's um, dad always had bud ice in the fridge, yep. and I never yeah. knew what that was. <laughs> I was like, "What even is this?" But uh, uh, this is truly amazing, and so this is a gold medal winner for New York State. New this York year. State. Yeah. Oh my god. Thank you. It's perfect. And, it, and and I mean, and I'm not even like exaggerating because I get so many, it's so unique in the fact that it has, first thing you think is jalapeno, but you don't have to worry about any spice or anything. It's so mellow. Do you use rye grain or just the rye whiskey barrels? We use rye grain as well. Awesome. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. It's, it's so good. And it makes me proud. Again, like I know we've mentioned the localness of it, but the fact that in my neighborhood, People like you are doing work this good is super super awesome. So, uh, for all of our listeners, Big Alice Brewing Company, what, what's the address? Because they can come to the tap room, you yeah. guys are open
1: multiple days a week. Yeah, know? so we're our, our OG LIC location is uh, 808 43rd Road in yep. Long Island City, um, just on the other side of the Queensboro Bridge, and then uh like zach said earlier we just opened up our barrel aging facility down in um industry city which is uh down in sunset park uh, i believe it's 34th street in brooklyn um but we're open there seven days a week and long island city five days a week it's awesome and everyone please go there and again
0: support all the breweries yeah. i tell everyone start at long island city beer project go to big alice head on down to rockaway and fifth hammer and then <clears throat> you know get in uh get in a cab and go up to single cut after that am i forgetting an lic brewery i feel so like i am
1: so just in the last couple months it's changed so now uh so we we have lic still there in us um and then where it was at one point like rockaway then transmitter now transmitters down in the navy yard uh, but Alewife just opened up a small Alewife, brewery. That was the thing. Yeah, so Alewife in there has a small brewery as they're building at a larger I brewery in Sunnyside. I remember always being
0: surprised seeing when I'd look up craft breweries because I'd been going to Alewife the bar yeah. for like a decade, yeah. and I had no. And I remember all of a sudden they started showing up on like some craft beer lists. Yeah. So I'm like, I
1: don't remember them having beer. So they have a small brewery in there now while they build out a larger facility in Sunnyside, um, and then also just blocks from us now in lic uh iconic who was on yes because they had the i
0: remember the 34th tap room do they so, have i where's their they they have a brewing o- facility there yeah now? they just opened up a larger facility just a couple blocks from us awesome that's awesome support all of the queens beers please yeah. but especially support <laughs> big alice um for those of you who have the untapped app um it's um Anyone who's into brewery has it. I actually just re-downloaded it before (laughs) uh, I met up with you because I was just like, I haven't... I remember just my thing with all of those apps that are like, track all the beers you've had or track all this is... I always put in the first beer and then I start having a good time and I don't put in all the other beers that I feel (laughs) bad. So, but I just, but untapped is great. So follow big Alice brewing company on untapped. If you do that, um, you can rate all of their beers, but don't do it without tasting them because that's how it works. So (laughs) go to either of the facilities, try out big Alice. They can follow big Alice on what was it? What's big Alice's Instagram. Yeah. So we're just big Alice brewing on, uh, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter—all the social media. So follow yeah. them, and then uh, and follow John on the Brood Abides, which is <laughs> such. I, I wanted to tell you how it's one of my favorite <laughs> names, and it's so clever and great. I was a big Big Lebowski fan, All right. so it's perfect. Um, John, this was awesome. This was so much fun. Yeah, I learned you. so much, and I got to taste the best beers. So this is awesome. Appreciate that. Awesome. Well, we'll. I'll. I'll I don't know. I'll see you at the brewery. All right, man. <laughs> All all right, talk to you later. Amazing. Follow Big Alice Brewing, everybody, on all the social medias. Follow them on Untapped. Follow the Brewed Abides, John Keelty. It was amazing. Um, I'm gonna go back there probably this week because I love that brewery so 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 much Um, But yeah, everyone have a great weekend everybody. It's good to be back. I hope you like having us back Uh, Drink some beer if you want to Um, Check out Big Alice if you can otherwise check out your local craft brewery And if you don't like beer kick your feet up and have a sandwich And if you don't like bread have a salad and if you don't like salad have a popsicle. I love you all Very, very much. Uh, And until next week, remember to go out in the world and do big things.